Shut up and sit down. I'm coming at you from the future, everybody. This is episode 213, and yeah, it's in sequential order, but that's what doesn't matter, man. I'm telling you right now, I have been turned into this robot by the machines, and all I do now is with my robot Eric brain, sit there and do stupid tasks every day that I don't want to do, and I'm going to do it for eternity (laughs) because they've got a serum in my brain now that preserves it, and my body's made out of robot parts, okay? That's what's happening right now. That's how I feel, and it doesn't matter. Here we are. It's episode 213 of Third Shift. It's quarter end. You know the rigmarole here. I'm with my old buddy, the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. And we're going to give you a little quickie show because that's how we do it during quarter ends. But we're doing it regardless of how sad we are in our new robot bodies with our magic serum that preserves our brain to do these crappy tasks for the rest of our lives. Woo, Matt, how's the week going? I did not get a proper voice synthesization unit. I will talk like this for the whole show. No, I won't. (laughs) As you said, it's quarter end. We're pissed off. We're angry. We're tired. We're miserable. But one thing that doesn't make me miserable is having fun times in video games. Animal Crossing New Horizons always cheers me up. Been playing that. Been playing Tetris 99. Got back into that. Got a top three finish because I'm the best playing that at lunch. Oh, my God. I'm so good. And then all week long, just I've been just mired in Hades, not just at work, but in the video games too. Playing that game is just it it it's another one of those things that as soon as I get in it, I'm just happy. I'm playing Hades, I'm having a ball. Even when I'm getting boons that I don't usually like or weapons that I don't like to use, it's so much fun. Every run you get further, you get better. You find out that this boon that you didn't really ever pick because you didn't think it was going to be good, it actually synergizes really well with this other one that you also didn't pick. You put them together and, oh my God, now I'm just destroying stuff. Oh, beautiful. Meeting all the characters, having all the story. Fantastic game. Everybody should pick up Hades. You are definitely going to pick up Hades. You're definitely going to love it. And then as a break from Hades, just playing it nonstop, I picked up the 25th Ward, the Silver Case. Crazy, weird strange looking visual novel from Suda 51. Apparently it was like originally like a phone game back in Japan, like ages upon ages ago. Now it's kind of not really been remastered, but kind of like re-upped for the PS4. And it's just everything in it is so weird. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if I like it. Like I like about 90% of this game, but the 10% that I don't like, I really don't like. But then that 90%, It's weird, it's twisted, it's strange, but characters are also totally hilarious. Situations are really goofy and out there and wild, just in that like crazy zany Japanese way. And there are certain situations so far, I'm only in the first, not like prologue, but the very first situations you get into. Uh And even that is like flipping the gameplay on its head in a couple of them. It's totally weird, it's totally out there. If anybody's in the market for something really just strange and weird and unusual... 25th War of the Silver Case is for you because it's for me 90% of the time. And that's been my week. That's all I've been up to because I can't remember literally anything else. Eric, my man, how was your week this week? Alrighty. Well, this week was a uh, strange week because like you, it kind of went by in a blur. I don't really remember too much of it. I can't even remember this last weekend and I should. I do. It was my last camp out. That's what we did. Yeah, you did. Yes. I went camping, everybody. Went out there with the family, Grand Haven, 
beautiful weather. I mean, it was gorgeous. 70 degrees, sunny most of the time. Leaves were falling across the, you know, the fields. They did the Halloween events and whatnot for our area. And of course, some of you may be like, oh, what? Well, you know, they did the mass. Everybody did the little six feet thing. Candy was in little laid out baggies and separated for everybody takes, you know, on their own little thing. They, they did everything they could to make it safe for folks. So we had a good time with it. Had the kids out there. This is the only trick-or-treating they're getting this year. They had a blast. Full all bag candy. I mean, everybody participates at this thing. It's so much fun. And all the other adults and kids out there having a good time, too. So it was a great weekend. But it was, since we're camping, you know, I've told you all before, it just kind of like flies by. And then you're like, there was there a weekend, you know? What happened? Why am I working? What's happening? So... Got in there. We knew the, we knew these days were coming. The the end times, the quarter ends, and so you march forward. Didn't really do much at work. Don't care. But in my own life, I've had eyes for only one thing, and that's thirteen sentinels. All right, every second I get in, which is from about three fifteen, three thirty a.m. till about six a.m., I've been on that thing just playing, 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 going through the time loops over and over again, trying to figure out what I missed or what I can grab or what thing I can say to change the perception of this person to get me into the next scene I need to do to get the item or the keyword that I need to move on to the next loop of time and unlock the next character, in which case then you'll start to find out about their story and then it loops in with the other character and all of a sudden you've got synergy between the two characters and now there's whole new time loops that you got to figure out what to do and how to interact with. Ah, oh, it's so good. Oh, my heart. It sounds, it sounds so good. It uh, is. Oh, and it's done by Vanillaware. So every scene they set up for you is beautifully drawn, looks gorgeous. The translations are all done by like characters and people I'm familiar with in anime. So like, uh, if you are a patron, you'll hear and know about Seven Deadly Sins. Well, a couple characters are voiced by characters from Seven Deadly Sins. So it's super cool just to hear that familiarity going on. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Meliodas. <laughs> Woohoo. So it's awesome having a good time with it. The tactical strategy RPG element where you're in the mechs going up against the kaiju, really easy so far. I've done about five of the battles now. I don't know how many they are. There's way more. I know that because I think I'm like 20% of the way through with five battles. So there you go. I got you know, several more. But so far, S-ranking all of them, smoking through it. So and I'm like, all right, am I just really that good or is this really, 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 really easy? Uh I don't know. Uh, either way, I'll take it. I'm getting S-Ranks. I'm unlocking the Mystery Files, which gives you more insight to the characters and what the hell's going on, which then can help you while you're in the story mode because you'll be like, oh, I unlocked a Mystery File about this mystery lady. Oh, you'll find out that's her. Oh, so I already know it's her. So, huh, I wonder if I could say this or do that. Maybe I could change something up. Super cool. That's what I've been doing in the video game world. Having a great time with it. Told Matt he's got to get it at some point. It's just a... yeah. Definitive must. And I'll tell you a sad, quick tale. I sat there thinking on this one hard, man. I said, should I get this disc? Because Nolan might enjoy this, and Matt for sure is going to love this game. And then I said, well, no, because you made a deal with your brother. We, we get digital games. You get all his games. I get all, you know, vice versa. So I said, all right, I can't, I can't, I can't screw Jared over. You know, that's not cool. Got it digitally. Jared, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Room. It's a really cool game. You got to check out. I'll check it out. That game's stupid. Oh, oh God. I should have just got on a disc. Oh, then I could have <laughs> let people who wouldn't love it and enjoy it borrow it, and it would have been great. Oh, so, man. So, much regretted. I think going forward what I'll do is I'll ask him first. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm talking. I'm thinking about getting this game. Does that sound like something you're going to play or touch at all? No, that sounds stupid. I'll never play it. 
okay, this version. Boom. That way I can enjoy it, then let others enjoy it that might not get a chance to buy it or play it. I think we've also learned that your brother has very poor tastes. He doesn't yeah. like Persona 5. He doesn't like 13 Sentinels, Age of uh-huh. Scrim. Get, you know what? Just break that link. Just get him out of here. Because he, he buys crap games that are all garbage, uh-huh. apparently. What's, what's the worst part of it all is he used to be an RPG fiend. Yeah. He did nothing but play RPGs. And now if it ain't a first-person shooter or something, he ain't playing it. Terrible. Except for Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's the right, only right. one he keeps playing. But that's a flashback to your childhood memories yeah. of when you did play RPGs. Exactly. So anywho, there's a, there's a sad story for you, man. If I had only just asked and kind of set things up instead of just go, no, stick with the plan, <sighs> stick with the routine, I could have had it. And then when I was done, I could have just went, here, man. And then here, Nolan. There you go, guys. Enjoy the game free of charge. Now, if VanillaWare is listening, though, you're welcome, VanillaWare, because now I'm forcing Matt to buy it as well. So you're going to get more money, guys. It's a it's a win win for everybody, I guess. <laughs> well, see, I probably still would have bought it again anyway, just like I did with Control. Mm-hmm. Borrowed it, played through it, beat it, and then I went, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go buy it." So, yeah, either either way, I still would have gotten it. But, yeah, man, yeah, that would be know. it. Would be nice to just have it just slide into my hot little hands and know like, yeah. you're gonna be able to play it because it's right there for free at the current moment. Instead of doing the, mm-hmm. I want to buy it, but I shouldn't because I got 20 games right now. It has just yep. been here. Oh. It's it's here. Okay, cool. Now I will play it for sure because I'm not feeling guilty about these 40 other games I'm supposed to play first. Exactly. So did that. That's what I've been playing. I haven't touched a thing else. No World of Warcraft, no Borderlands, no anything, folks. I don't know. <laughs> this week, like I said, it's just something's just kind of, it's weird. It's just cruising and I feel like I'm getting nowhere, treading water. And here we are at the end of it, end of the quarter end. So, sorry, folks, I got a little bit of gaming in there, a little bit of real life in there, but that's about it for the week for me. But you talked about what you played. I talked about what I played. I'm going to talk about what a lot of other cool people are playing right now, and that's Electronic Superjoy 2, which dropped today as we're recording this, October 1st, for the PS4. Apparently, it has been out for PC for about a year-ish, I think, maybe like November of 2019, and I believe it is coming sometime soon to the Switch but obviously, Electronic Superjoy 2 is the sequel to Electronic Superjoy 1, which was, and this one also continues to be, a hard-as-nails, brutal precision platformer. Think something like Super Meat Boy, just in how precise you have to be with a lot of your jumps. But it is a totally different style of game. I mean, it is a 2D platformer, but it's not as fast as Meat Boy because you're just like zip, zip, zip all around the screen with that one. But uh-huh. this one is a lot of hitting your jumps, hitting like the little boost pads just exactly at the right time to avoid all these enemies, to avoid all these, you know, missiles and things that are chasing you all around the screen. And it's it's weird because I'm not into those kind of games, but the graphical style in this one definitely appeals to me. It's definitely a pixel art style, but it's the whole foreground and you, your character, and all the enemies and all the projectiles generally are totally blacked out. You got little white dots for your eyes or like little white trails for the little missiles that chase you. But the backgrounds are super colorful and bright and like spinning. It's like you're at like a crazy rave and like it's going on all behind you. And in front, it's you in shadow with all these characters and missiles and stuff going crazy. And then the music, it's definitely like you're at a rave. It's the bumpinest, most high-energy, crazy electronic music going as you're doing this. I wanted to say impossible platforming. It's not impossible, but it's one of those games where for certain checkpoints between one and two, you're banging your head against the wall because you got to make this jump. You got to make it so precise and you got to time it in between all these other things that are flying at you. It's one of those crazy kind of games. 
that, you know, not a lot of people are into, but this is again, a game that appeals to me about like 90%. And then that other 10% is that real hard platforming. Cause I downloaded electronic super joy one long ago for like two bucks. And I played it all night one night because there's, there's something fun about you try this checkpoint fail. Okay. I think I've got it. Try it. No, I didn't get it. Okay. Now, now I think I'm starting to get it. Death. Now I think I'm starting to get a little better. Now death. Now I'm really getting good. Death. Now I, ooh, I, I missed the, I missed the first jump. I don't even know I'm getting worse and then I'm getting better. But then you do hit that flow state of somehow when you stop thinking about it and your body just takes over and you're just, you're just doing it and you don't know how you're doing it, but you're doing it. That's what these games are all about. It's a magical thing. It's a wonderful thing. Electronic Superjoy 2, it builds on the original a little bit. You get a couple more abilities. You get double and triple and quadruple and quintuple jumps to make things even crazier. You get like a, an air dash ability that just shoots you all the way to the other end of the screen. You fly until you hit something that stops you. So you got to be real judicious with how you use it because there's spikes all over. There's enemies. There's rockets and stuff flying. All kinds of crazy stuff. It builds on the original just enough to justify a sequel. And the PS4 version comes with the Golden Edition DLC, which has three more levels, another boss fight. I think it's got like a like some kind of like wizard's tower thing you can climb up for even more challenges. So if you're in the mood for a hard-as-nails, precise, brutal platformer that's also a lot of fun just because of that presentation. It hooks you in. Even though it's real hard, it's just fun to play. Even when you're having a bad time, unless you're having a real, real bad time, there's something about Electronic Superjoy that's really cool. If you don't know if this is going to be for you, I definitely recommend the videos by Hop Instead of Jump on YouTube. He has a playthrough of the whole game. I mean, it's all cut up, cutting out a lot of his deaths and stuff. But you can definitely see how cool, how hard, how frustrating, and how rewarding this game can be. So check out Electronic Superjoy or check out something that may be as hard or may not be as hard. Eric's going to tell us in his release. So you got me uh, reminiscing, man. You got me going back in time to my old school 8-bit days when you talk about hardcore gaming platforming. Mm-hmm. Got to be in that mode where you just let the body flow, do its thing, let your brain work its wonders, and all of a sudden you're just you know where the enemies are going. You see the lines flying across the screen, you know all the trajectories, all the pathways, Gradius life force. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. That sounds great, man. That really just takes me back. And you know what else takes me back? Is the newest Crash Bandicoot out. It's about time. No, seriously folks, that's the title. It's about time, and it is about time oh. because it's been forever. Ho ho hee ho ho ho. It's developed by Toys for Bob. Of course, published by Activision, whom, of course, owns that uh, particular, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, the words escaping me. IP. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let me cut it real quick. I did want to credit the developer and publisher for Electronic Superjoy 2, but literally every place I looked, it had like 10 different names for him. Over here on Steam, it was these people. On PSN, it's called this. On PC Gamer, they call this and this and this. So I have no idea. So props to those guys. Props to whoever the hell made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoever did it, good on you guys. Well, we know Toys for Bob did this one. It was, it's out October 2nd, Xbox, and, of course, PlayStation 4. You can get it on those. Have a great time. There's no way you don't know what Crash Bandicoot is, but I'll just tell you. It's a platformer, but it's unique in the sense that in most of these screens and most of the ways you're doing things, you're running towards the camera or you're running away from the camera instead of just your typical 2D side-scrolling platforming, which... 
Crash Bandicoot does indeed have all that, all that, so don't think it's just running into the screen, running away from the screen, but you will get a lot of stages where you do precisely that. And if you don't know what it's all about, Crash Bandicoot's this crazy bandicoot. He was made by the evil, uh, evil doctor, Neocortex. Crash says, oh, you're bad, so, you know, he's trying to stop you, evil Cortex from doing bad things. You get through the first three, the Insane Trilogy, and this is the fourth in the, uh, you know, the actual story points and story. There's a whole bunch more Crash Bandicoots, but this is the actual newest one in the story. So this will be taking place after Warped. So now you find out that uh, the evil baddie, good old Cortex, is back. He's traveling through time and space, all sorts of different dimensions. He's got schemes upon schemes. And you, Crash Bandicoot, have to stop him. But that's not all, everybody, because they added in Coco, whom you, you've seen before, but she's now playable. She has all the same movesets as Crash Bandicoot. So if you want to identify as a female in this one or a male, bam, they're giving you the choice. You get to be Coco or Crash Bandicoot. Whatever the hell you want to do, they got it for you. So enjoy. Now, this is what's cool about Crash Bandicoot. Is that, and now I can't speak to this when I haven't actually played it. I've only looked at it, watched a little, some gameplay and whatnot. But they used to be hard. They, they were no joke. It was all about, once again, that old school memorization. Because while you're running, you'd have to dodge spikes, jump over baddies, do this and that. And of course, what you got to do, your main goal here is to break those barrels, those crates, I should say, not barrels. That's Donkey Kong, folks. Let's not mix this up. You gotta bust the crates, get the high score. That's how you get all the goodies in Crash Bandicoot. So you gotta know where they are, and you're gonna miss a few sometimes when that screen's just pushing you forward, and you're running and running and running and going and going and going. So it's all about that muscle memory, knowing when to jump, knowing when to hop on the head of the bad eye to get up to the crate that you need to get to, jump over here, get the spikes. That's the kind of platforming you're talking about. That's platforming you're gonna get. You do get some cool vehicle stuff too. So think of uh, Battle Toads when you're in the little jet hopper. You get some of those kind of stages in this, or minecarts and Donkey Kong. Same sort of thing going on here. A lot of fun. Very colorful. The music's got that jungly, upbeat funk going on all the different stages. It's really a good popper. But if you don't like the platforming of, like I said, running into the screen and out of the screen, you're going to have a hard time. Because that's just what this game's about. It's what it's always been about. There's been people who've loved it, and hence why it's actually returning there's been people who hate it and said it should have never been a thing. I don't know. You be the judge. Go check out some Crash Bandicoot. I think it's great. I like it. Will I get it? Guys, there's so many games out there. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe a Christmas <laughs> present for the girls or something. We'll see. See, I was just thinking, maybe I should check it out because I've literally never played a Crash Bandicoot game ever. Wow. I know all, you know, I know mm. about it. I've seen it literally everywhere but i was like yeah maybe maybe i'll get this one no i won't yakuza's coming out this is coming out i've got to get Cyberpunk. 13 sentinels ages rim got to beat hades got to do all the things jesus it's too much it's too much everybody we're living in a time where there's games dropping out of the sky like rain and the thunderstorm mm-hmm. I, I can't even deal with it i can't i can't i gotta put my head in the sand like an ostrich and just hope that i survive but you know what you might find in the sand there? Where? What? The shift codes for Golden Keys in Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Another fantastic game that you need to make some more time to replay for the third or fourth time. And you can find that on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Reddit, the forums, any kind of place. Hit up your preferred shift code provider. Get yourself some free loot in a fantastic game that we talk about all the time on this podcast. I said it before. So I'll say it again the next time it comes around. But pre-sequel is great. Get yourself some free loot in that game. The pre-sequel is wonderful. But you know, I was thinking in the sand, pirates... Pirate's Booty, we need that back. Oh, yeah. I, I need a DLC with Scarlet and everything going on. I think it's time, Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Make it work. You know what's, what she'd be great for? A Halloween event. That's what she'd be great for. 
That's what she'd be so, so great for, everybody. And guess what? If you didn't know, the Bloody Harvest is coming back next week. And they mm. said, hey, stay tuned for more information. What's that mean, Matt? Is Scarlet going to make an appearance? Is she going to be the next big dog up in this DLC? Are we actually going to get a cool new Bloody Harvest with some new stuff? I don't think so because they already said <laughs> Camp Haunt's back, all right? So let me just nix my hopes before I even get going. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shotgun those suckers. Pop, 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 pop. See, I was just going to say, she's Captain Scarlet. You got Captain Haunt there. You could write up like one little voiceover that would go, oh, you got to go get his treasure back that he stole from me all those years ago before he became dead and became a ghost. That'd be perfect. You actually present a good argument here because that wouldn't be too difficult to just put in some, because that's just a few lines, yeah. basically. And then you just run the same exact thing over. Mm-hmm. But then you get, like I said, six, seven different lines of dialogue. And away you go, a happy little story. That's not impossible. Not impossible. I ain't going to get my hopes up for it, Matt. But that is a good way to take the same material and then just change it slightly with a little bit of effort, but not a lot of effort. And just getting some dialogue from different characters and changing the reasons why you're going and screwing over Captain Haunt and getting one out. These seasonal DLCs would be the perfect way to incorporate those Battleborn Ops missions again. Because you'd, you'd, you'd run, you'd go get the stuff, but instead of it being Maurice that's telling you to do it, you'd be like, hey, I asked Maurice to get some stuff because I'm Captain Scarlet, and then I want you to go kill Haunt. So you could just frame via audio everything just a little bit differently. Or you could do it with, you know, maybe Ava wants you to go do the stuff. Maybe Ellie wants you to go make a run at Captain Haunt for some reason. This You could totally do it with this, I mean, obviously the ops missions change the bosses and, and stuff around a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you could just you could just do it with voiceover here. You could do it. You could, because you could even keep Maurice, like you said, in there intact, no problem, because you just say, I talked to Maurice, or you have Maurice come up with some lines and say, I was out in the world, and I found this crazy cabin pirate lady, and she was mean and scary to me, and she told me to either I better hand over the candy and blah, 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 and this or that. Hence, you go on the same kind of adventure, doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but with a different dialogue. It's a win-win for everybody, and we're having a great time because it's you know it's fresh, it's 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 new. Yeah, we're doing the same thing, but we're doing it with cool new dialogue that we're chuckling and laughing about and having a good time with. And on top of that, the one thing I know they will change—at least I shouldn't say—I shouldn't say I know anything because I've been wrong <laughs> about a billion times—is we'll at least maybe get some new skins, yeah. some new rewards, new rewards package for this particular event. I've got to imagine I'm going to do that because most everybody got everything last year. So what would be the motivation if they just leave it the exact same rewards? That'd be kind of meh. So I, I suspect they will, but I, I don't want to say I know they will because then they won't and then we'll be proven wrong. Plus, I feel like if, even if it was just skins, maybe not new heads and stuff, but if you just recolor the skins a little bit, swap the colors around, do, you know, maybe it's like a, a, a neon Halloween, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff you could do just with that. Because like you said, especially for that very first one, Pretty much everybody ran through and got all the stuff, you know, killed all the haunted named enemies, all that, all that jazz. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's that's an easy one, and that's a that that's. I'm gonna say I guarantee they probably won't do it, but it's a great idea. So hopefully the skins are in there. Hopefully it's new skins, new stuff like that. Hopefully they do it like ops and they get you some new voices. And the other thing I'm hoping they do is first off, obviously they're gonna up all the weapons to your current level, so you'll, oh, yeah, you know yeah. you'll be able to get the cool Halloween guns that were uh, sought after back then. And this one, which is awesome, maybe they add a couple new ones, which that's not too tough. They, you know they're professionals at making crazy guns. They've baji- bajillions and bajillions. But on top of the new, <laughs> I've totally forgotten the cool 
I got a bunch of cool haunted weapons then, but it was so mm. long ago. I've sold them all ages upon ages ago. I barely even remember what they are. So I'm going to be know, excited. I know, I Mine are gone. <laughs> I'm going to be excited to get in there and like, oh, wow, this is the loot that I had before. Look how cool it is and was mm-hmm. back then. Oh, man. Yeah. my Like I said, my game went bye-bye, so I had to start completely over. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't have anything that tells me anything about any holiday, cartel, <laughs> ha- Halloween event, nothing. So with that, I also hope they remember that little secret they had where you had to click on the uh, skull, the pumpkins or skull, the oh, yeah. pumpkins the in a certain puzzle. order. Yep, basically yep. Look. Hopefully they maybe add a, a second cool secret in or something. You know, the puzzle ones stick around, obviously, but maybe, you know, a little bit of work, a little tweaking, add in little lines here and there, and bam, you could set up a second secret somewhere that gives everybody a new fresh thing to hunt and look after and get whatever the reward maybe a red chest whatever it is you know it doesn't matter it's just the fun of finding the secret and doing it yeah that'd be a pretty cool idea maybe you know you do the pumpkins it gets you into that one room but then in that room there's a little hidden switch you know on the wall or something mm-hmm. something just that easy and it just poof i mean they could even just oh look it warped in out of nowhere so you didn't even have to build a whole new area for it just plunk bonus chest for you mm-hmm. see all sorts of little ways they could tweak this little cool, you know, Halloween event and make it fresh, make it cool, make it awesome for us to go back into and get some new stuff from. If they do any of that, I don't know. Did I talk to Gearbox last week about it? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Who's to say whether I did or not? Who's to say whether they listened to me? But it's some fun ideas regardless, I think. Speaking of fun ideas, our buddy Mental Mars takes a lot of our fun ideas and puts them on his website, like us talking about Project 1v1 being this new game mode, all this other stuff we talked about before. I'm, you know, half joking here. But I'm going to steal a cool idea from Mental Mars because I saw, I think it was today or only a couple days ago, he put up a poll. Hey, now that the four big DLCs from the season pass are out, rank them. What's your favorite? And the people had big, long responses. For story, it's this, 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 this. For gameplay, it's this, 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 this. For gear, it's this, 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 this. And I went, hey, man, I'm just saying, overall favorites, rank them one to four. You go, Eric. Let's do it. All right. When you put me on the spot, Woo, I'm nervous. I'm sweating. Oh, man, I don't know. All right. Here we go. One to four. My least favorite of the four would have to be Guns, Love, and Tentacles. Probably. That's a lie. No way. Yeah. You're lying. It's either that one. It's either that one or the Handsome Jack one. <sighs> what? Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm going to go with Handsome Jack. The Handsome Jack one's probably my least favorite one. Uh, for me, just all the same characters that I was just still freshly familiar with. You know, Handsome Jack's been around forever. I love him, don't get me wrong, probably the best character ever, but I don't have the same attachment as uh, some do to him, and I never played as Doppelganger, so that particular character didn't really speak to me or mean too much to me. Claptrap was fun, that whole adventure was really cool, but overall, I'd say that one annoyed me a lot because there was so many rooms and areas where I was back, and this is why you loved it, because you had to backtrack and actually go to the areas a ton, Mm -hmm. but I got frustrated because some of those areas would respawn so many bad guys over and over every time I had to go back, and it started to annoy me. So we're going to go with that one. And then, of course, since I, I threw it off, my second least favorite would be the Guns, Love, and Tentacles. I loved the zone. I loved the theme. I love Cthulhu. I love all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I felt like a lot of it was just that open plane 
Yeah, you know, hey, here's here's a Borderlands open plane. Take your car, drive to this left quadrant. Take your car, drive to the center quadrant. Take your car, drive to the southern southeastern quadrant. Go to the south quadrant. Okay, go back to the main part. Fight the boss. End of the DLC. It had that that, that uh, your, your typical DLC layout to me, and that was kind of like, oh, I was really hoping for a lot of really cool, crazy things. But that DLC was cool because there were several moments where you got to go with characters and actually side-by-side fight off baddies. Uh And that's why that one, I think, was fantastic. So it's tough to say that. And when I say worst to best, mind you, anybody listening out there, all four were fantastic. I liked all four. I enjoyed the hell out of all four. So this is not in any way, shape, or form saying I did not like them. I'm just giving you my least to best of these, so don't go all coming at me going, God, you hate everything. No, 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 I love them, okay? So, with that being said, we're going to go to the third one, which is probably Krieg and the uh, Fuster Clock. Okay. I like this one, and we've talked about it. Fr- it's fresh. You guys know the reasons why I like it, what I didn't like about it. I loved the different environments. I loved getting to know what the hell is going on with Krieg and seeing that he's not just some stupid psycho saying crazy things that make no sense at all. There was a character to him. There is a character to him. There was that really awesome relationship with Maya. I wish they would have incorporated it into the story back when it was all actually there. I understand because he's DLC, etc. It was just probably not possible with what they were trying to do and accomplish at that time. But it's still frustrating because I think that would have added all sorts of layers to Krieg and to the story of Borderlands 2. But alas, it didn't happen. So for me, that all is like, it's new stuff about the characters I love and the potential of what could have been and what is. And now that it's kind of like adding to the lore of the Borderlands universe, I appreciate all that. And I thought the boss fights were fun. There was nothing like super crazy about them that I was out of this world. But I, I the, the, giant, the giant Psycho Reaver was freaking cool. Him stomping around, freaking throwing, wham, wham, you're hiding behind the pillars, using the jump beams, and then he turns into the ultra-giant one, and that was just cool. And the choo-choo train was a great idea. I thought it was fun, but it was broken for me because Iron Bear just smoked it, and so I was like, whatever. So, all in all, that one's good. I'll put it right there. And, of course, my favorite was the, uh, the Blood Cartel, just because it was a super unique story. I felt the environment was fresh. And it wasn't like this open field. You were just, you were going all over. You were climbing the mountains, shaking the jump pads over these different environments, going to these real weird ramshackle areas. And then the best part about it was the side quests in this one were all really weird and unique. And just, and it wasn't just super simple. Like Kriegs were just stand there and do something, side quest over mostly. This one's side quests were cool, were unique, and if you did them, the characters then went to the town, you got to see them again, they usually have some lines of dialogue for you to go interact with them, and and then beyond that, the town itself changed, so when you did certain events, killed certain monsters, you got their skins in the town, you got the, uh, the uh, whole cinematic uh, movie, if you found all the recordings, they had the jump pads, the um, the ones you shoot, and then it shoots out the, the crap to everything, they were, they really experimented, I think, with some cool things and platforming stuff to use, and I thought they'd go forward with it, but they didn't really utilize too much of it in the Krieg DLC. Right. So I'll, maybe we'll see something later. I don't know. But based off what they were trying to do and the uniqueness of it, I really do think that was uh, probably the best one of the four. Okay. What about you, Mr. Matt? Well, I got, I got a total shuffle around shell game stuff here. Ooh. So I'm going to say, like you said, all these DLCs to me are good to great. 
So none of these are like, oh man, it's the worst DLC. Maybe I'll say it's my least favorite DLC. And for me, I think that was the Krieg DLC because all the positives you said were there. It's, you know, you get some backstory on Krieg. You realize why he is what he is. I love the relationship with Maya. I really liked the Locomobius level, like the whole thing where he was just kind of like he being the train kept shooting out at you random places. But there was just too much COV in that DLC. I fought COV till my eyes fell out in the original Borderlands 3, mm-hmm. and now here's more. And, you know, I talked about last week, the week before, just running through just constant wads of enemies in that DLC, and it just felt, I just got tired of that. Everything else was good. I loved the, you know, the level design, the characters, the silly side quest, even though there wasn't a lot to them. But it's one of those DLCs when I got done, and I was like, all right, that was good, but what else? Whereas a lot of the other ones, we still had some side quests to go round up, all that stuff. So I'd say Krieg is my least favorite right now. Coming up next, I would say is probably the Handsome Jackpot because it was a lot of fun to see that new environment, see Handsome Jack again. And like you said when you talked about it, I loved that it was a big open area that you had to keep going back and forth across all these places, which is what the Fuster Cluck really lacked for me. It was one straight shot through. And that was it. You didn't have any reason to explore or look around or do anything. I mean, in the handsome jackpot, you know, I randomly came across the uh, the musician guy, Digby Vermouth. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for him. I wasn't even looking for a side quest. I was on my way to something else. And then, boom, oh, here he is with his awesome side quests that you got, what, three or four out of? And that was a whole thing that distracted me from this other side quest tale that I was going on. So when you can... When you can make this little Gordian knot of side quests where I'm getting distracted from one to go do some more, and then maybe even that one is leading me on to finding another thing that's pretty cool, that definitely bumps that up in my book. Even though, like you said, a lot of the characters were kind of, you know, I'm not really into Moxie, so her being really mean to to the doppelganger Timothy, I was like, ah, come on, I don't, I don't really like it, but mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that's number two for me. Number three for me has got to be Bounty of Blood for all the reasons that you just said, building up the town, bringing people back, all the different traversal things, the jump pads, the the teleportation gates in that one, and then just the old, that like samurai old west feel. Like sure, it wasn't, it didn't change the gameplay a whole ton, you were still fighting, you know, bandit type enemies, but it felt different. And it was just a whole new area with all new characters. It wasn't just, hey, look, it's Ava, and she's telling you to do stuff. Or it's Hammerlock here on the planet, and he's telling you to do stuff. All new characters, all new experiences, all new guns. This is the DLC that got me my favorite grenade I've ever had, the little little Bouncing Betty uh, Flame Pools grenade. I still use that to this day, and it's still awesome to this day. I was roasting all the COV in, in the Fuster Cluck with it. So that's got to be number three. And that leaves my favorite DLC, man, Guns, Love, and Tentacles, just because, well, not not just even because, but because of that town and you and me going through that town, finding all the mm-hmm. weird, crazy stuff that and laughing our moment. asses off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we'd go up and be like, hey, dude, this door's got a got an interact symbol on it. Get over here. Get over here. Get over here. You got to listen to it. Whatever it is. I don't even know what it is, but come on, let's check it out. And it'd be some crazy Cthulhu thing going on. I'm like, yeah. This is it. And then the part that I totally forgot until you were talking about going all over here and there. I was like, where did you go in that game? Was there like some cool area you went with like your best robot bro in the world and he got a crystal shoved in his face and then he was the death trap of old all over again and he was mm-hmm. laying waste to everybody? Oh, yeah, this is the DLC yeah, that you did that, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's it's, and it, it sucks because I want that to be my favorite because 
overall, that theme is my favorite, period. Yeah. And the the underutilized detective part, man, they could have done so yeah. much more with him. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were. The library was super cool, getting the crazy book and bringing it back to the keep. And then, of course, the innkeeper himself, the psycho. Oh, man, he was just fantastic. Even though the main characters in that one are probably my least favorite, you know, Winnie and Hammerlock, they're not really a lot to me. But all the side characters that you meet in this DLC are so good and so memorable. God, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's got to be my favorite. And see, that's, I would love to put it higher. I want it to be my favorite. That's the one I want to be my favorite, but Mm -hmm. it's just simply because of already what I explained. It just can't be there just because of a standard. And like the Wendigo fight I thought was so cool and so neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot about it was up there for me. But God, I think, you know what I'll say? If they were to take any of those DLCs and move forward with them and try to create a new one in that world or realm, that's the one I would want. Oh, like yeah. Even though that's not my favorite one, that's the one I would want them to go try and do some more inside of because I think there's a lot more potential with that one. Whereas I think the others are pretty much wrapped up and, and clean and done or just not my favorite environments per se. I just right, think right. some of the other stuff was done better. So shout out to all of them. Like I said, I, li- I did love and enjoy all of them. But, man, now you got me wanting to do that one again because we did that one a lot of that stuff drunk too so it's like man uh-huh. i wonder if i went back through that one just <laughs> and actually like did it normal <laughs> yeah it almost makes me want to pop up a new character up to that level and just run through it fresh just to see it all with totally fresh eyes mm-hmm. as opposed to when you go back and you kind of wander around you don't get all the stuff yeah because when i redid my character i skipped that one i didn't you know go back through it i just grinded through the main campaign then went on and did I don't remember what it was. I think it was the Bloody Cartel and just skip through it because I didn't do the Handsome or that or the uh, Cthulhu. So just really want to do those, you know? Just really want to uh-huh. do those again. I got to get in there, but there's so, there's so much to do. And for us, there's only one thing left to do, which is actually two things, and that's wrap up the little gearbox area. We went on a big old side quest with Borderlands 3, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cycle it back to the story mission here because we also got some more actual extended gearbox stuff we got some godfall stuff this week we got a godfall combat showcase on the playstation blog which if you guys haven't been watching that eric's video that we talked about the stuff with ign the stuff with GameSpot, all that stuff definitely check this out it has mostly all that same info in it but if you haven't seen that stuff before check out this article on the playstation blog it's all the good stuff we've been raving about if you missed any of that stuff when we were talking about it Check it out here. As Matt said, go take a peek and look at it. I'm thinking this game is going to be great and having a lot of fun with it. On top of all that, they just released a cinematic trailer for it. So you get to see, and you know, it doesn't really go super in-depth or anything like that. But what it does do is it gives you your bad guy. It actually goes, hey, here it is. See, beforehand, you were just like, oh, we're going up against the mad god. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking literally like Bayonetta. Some mad god, some gigantic oh, yeah, god-like yeah. weird creature thing that's up in the sky screwing you over and you guys are like angels fighting against your pre- your former god. You know what I mean? That's what I thought this game was going to be about. Turns out, nope, bad guy's just one of your brothers and his army and his skill level was just higher than yours and he uh, beat the hell out of you and cast you out and thought he killed you but he didn't. And now you're rising back up to try to get rid of him. Is he actually mad? Is he actually evil? I don't know. Didn't really say he was. Just just beat you up, man. I get what you're saying. They they have called him the Mad God forever. But I don't, for some reason, I'd always put that in my mind as like he was one of you. Because like your Valor plates are these like heroic figures throughout history kind of. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of figured like we're all gods and we're fighting against the bad one. 
not like he was elevated above us, but he was. You were all gods, like the Greek kind of thing. We were all different yeah. types of gods, and one of us went psycho. That's kind of the feeling that I've always gotten from it. Maybe that's just me. But then I will say that I do appreciate that this does 100% validate the stuff that we talked about. They've talked about how you can craft some valor plates and you'll earn some through gameplay through activities. And we said, well, that means there's going to be a mini boss and you're going to get his valor plate and you're going to get the last boss's valor plate, which you are now because he's one of you. So why the heck wouldn't you just get it as a reward for beating the game? And since you have brethren that are also going on your side, naturally there's going to be brethren siding with him. Mm -hmm. So those are the valor plates you'll get once you kill or recruit them, whatever they go about it. Probably kill. That's kind of usually the way things go. I was going to say, or or defeat and then redeem. You know, yeah, there you, you break, go. You break his spell over them, and they're like, oh, man, I see you I was in the wrong. Right. Oh, yeah. you're good. Yay. Here's my valor plate. I'll fight beside you. Cool to find out. Cool to see. They keep coming to these really cool videos and, yeah. and showcases. I'm all about it. And I'm going to say this real fast because we got to wrap up. But I do want to say, there's a lot of podcasters and whatnot out there because I listen to a ton of them who don't know really anything about Godfall, they're not particularly following it. And they're just like, oh, it's probably one of those, uh, oh, I don't know, some you know, old first game or mad game, I don't know. And one in particular drives me crazy because one in particular has a contract with Gearbox. That's Greg Miller. Yeah. Him and his crew are just like, eh, I don't know, some Godfall game, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, you guys have a contractor with the Borderlands 3 for Shouldn't Gearbox be sending some of this stuff out to show to these bigger names, especially ones that have contracts with them, so that way they can promote the game and actually see that it may be awesome? You know, obviously, for I don't know whether it is or not, just based off what I see, it looks really cool, but at least give those bigger names, the ones that have a farther reach or larger reach than us little schmucks out here in the boonies, a chance to promote the game and get people hyped about it and see that it's awesome instead of just go, ah, oh, it's some game that's coming out to take advantage of the PS5 on a launch. I mean, they've done stuff with like GameSpot and IGN, and maybe GameSpot isn't the big name that it used to be, but IGN is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, how can people ignore? How can they still be getting overlooked? Yeah, here's a big outlet putting out stuff. Now, maybe it's just because they put out so much stuff. There's indie games and movies and all comic books and all the other stuff. Maybe it just got lost in the shuffle. Well, the Miles Morales stuff has got everybody going. It's like the joke when uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Oh, you heard of Ghost of Tsushima? Everybody's doing yeah, that yeah, with true. Miles Morales right now. Is it? Hey, Miles Morales, that's going to be the game of the year. Spider-Man's so good. It wasn't even that good, people. I don't even, I don't understand the hype behind that game. I played it. It was okay. It was not like, it didn't blow my socks off. It was repetitive as hell. I don't, I just don't get it, man. I don't know. I don't This get is it. why we don't get the cool stuff. They just send it to Greg Miller and he goes, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Wow, Spider-Man. Woo! That's very true. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. My apologies. Spider-Man's amazing. You do make a point in that we're following the stuff, so we find these things. I didn't even know who Eric's was until we started following Godfall, and they linked to one of his videos. So I don't know. Maybe they just need to... Somebody needs to listen to this podcast and realize that they can fish hook this stuff and just send it off to the cool people. I don't know. It, it needs more buzz because it's looking really good. Even that cinematic trailer was Blizzard-level trailer yeah, and graphics and stuff great quality yeah yeah i was expecting less than what we got mm-hmm. not just dis- trying to disparage them in any way but everything we see looks great everything we hear sounds awesome more people need to know about godfall i want it to do well and i hope it's good obviously we'll we'll tell you if it's good or not when it comes out i'm sure but i want it to do well because first off gearbox publishes it that'll be great for gearbox publishing that'll be great for the course of the developer themselves 
and it'll be great for me because I get to have a really awesome game to play. And then, you know, maybe we'll get sequels and more out of it. And then this developer will make money and then they'll be rich and famous and then they'll make even cooler games or more cool games. It's, it's a win-win. It's just good. It's good for everybody. Regardless of whether you enjoy the game or not, that's a bunch of talented people who work at the studio. That's what I don't get about video gamers these days. Is, I don't like this game. I hope that developer never does anything anymore. There's people living the dreams right there. Support them. Lift them up. Lift everybody up. Let's, let's all hold hands across the world. That's what we're going to do. Just like you out there in podcast listener land, you can hold hands across our hearts by sending us any kind of questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback at all. You can tell us how much you are looking forward to Godfall via the email thirdshiftme at gmail.com on the Twitter at thirdshiftme. And you can even find us on Facebook under Third Shift. You can find us over there. And go check out Godfall. Go check out Counterplay because that's who's making it. Of course, they're out there putting their hearts in this game. And we want you to put your hearts into them. We also want you to put your money into our Patreon. <laughs> All right? Head on over there to that beautiful, beautiful Patreon. We treat it like a tip jar. Did you like what you hear today? Throw us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks. Helps us pay the bills. Keep that pod bean happy. Keep them iTunes folks happy. Keep the lights in our house happy. It does that. You all do that for us, and we so much appreciate it. Even if you don't, we still appreciate you. Just you know, getting your little listen. Very much appreciate it. All little numbers, all those little dots, great stuff. So if you can help us out in that way, hey, we'd love it if you did so. If you can't, you can support us by giving us the five-star ratings on the iTunes. You can go over to that Twitch, subscribe, follow, do all that good stuff. You can go to Facebook, comment. You can give us mailbag questions, comments, etc. All those things keep us motivated, keep us rocking and rolling, and you have the power to do it. Absolutely. And you got the power to listen to the very next episode, which will drop on October 8th, when we will be very tired and very grumpy because of more quarter end that we've actually mm. been through. But you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a reading, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do, and we appreciate the hearts and flair in your mind and your soul. It's a five-star adventure. We're gonna go on a five-star adventure, but for now we're gonna go back to our robot bodies in hell. There is nothing else to say but... Shut up and sit down.